Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. October 24th, 2020. Dars highlights. Major themes include getting it right by 40 and the importance of reading the Quran. The dars began with a dream by a faqir who saw or was told in his dream that he would meet the Mahdi by the age of 40. And the Sheikh comments, the Mahdi is the guided one. And the age of 40 denotes the full flowering of the 40 levels of the nafs. The nafs, when you speak of it in synoptic terms, in summary fashion, it has seven levels. But those seven levels unfold or differentiate into 40 levels of the nafs. And attaining the age of 40 is attaining the age of self-knowledge. By the age of 40, you have to know yourself. The Prophet ﷺ knew himself and received prophecy at the age of 40. Pray for a sign from God at that age, a sign of your righteousness, guidance and rectitude. Prepare to encounter yourself in a state of guidance at the age of 40. There was also someone who saw a dream of teeth being pulled out and they did not feel pain. And the Sheikh commented that this denotes the possibility of a sudden death of, the, of a family member. And that we were living in times of sudden deaths even without the pandemic. People are dying in a very sudden manner. And he commented that the upper jaw, the teeth of the upper jaw, if they're pulled out, it likely it refers to the father's side usually, and that the lower jaw refers to the mother's side. The Sheikh also commented that in the context of this dream, there was a second part where the implication was that there was a family member who didn't approve of the tariqah. And the Sheikh came and tied the tongue of this faqir and the Sheikh commented on to, to this faqir and he said that the best way to invite family members who don't approve of your path to the spiritual path is through your state. Your spiritual state has to be da'wah. And the Sheikh has tied your tongue. He doesn't want you to preach to your family and to invite them in that manner because it's going to cause further tensions. And the first member of the family that will be drawn to your state of rectitude should be your mother. She's the one who will be first drawn to you if you display rectitude in your deen and in your dunya because she's the one who's closest to you. You are in her womb for nine months. And then after that, it's your father. Trust me, I'm a father, I know. The mother knows her children very well inside out because of how close the mother is to the children and the father will listen to the mother even if the father huffs and puffs at first eventually when the mother inclines towards the spiritual path through the son or the child then the father follows suit eventually then there was a question from the u.s a dream in which he saw surah tawbah and when he woke up he realized that the least he can do is to just start reading the surah, working on it, practicing it, 
contemplating it and reading it. And when he opened the Qur'an that day, he found that Surah At-Tawbah was part of the Hizb, the daily juz that he was going to read for the day. And he persisted in reading this surah and coming back to its verses over the next, the following two months. Until last week he had a dream in which he heard the last two verses of Surah At-Tawbah. لَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ عَزِيزٌ عَلَيْهِمَا عَنِدْتُمْ حَرِصٌ عَلَيْكُمْ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَؤُوفٌ رَحِيمٌ فَإِنْ تَوَلَّوْ فَقُلْ حَسْبِيَ اللَّهَ لَا إِلَهَا إِلَّا هُوَ عَلَيْهِ تَوَكَّلْتُ وَرَبُّ الْعَرْسِ الْعَظِيمِ These two verses the Shaykh actually recites after the verse of the throne, Ayatul Kursi, after every prayer. And we heard this, these last two verses and he recited them in his dream with whoever the voice was. The Shaykh comments, You did well, you drew an understanding from your dream and you applied it in the sensory realm. Well, the Sheikh was happy that he drew this understanding and that he practiced and focused on Surah Tawbah for some time. And he said, you were in Surah Al-Anfal, Surah number 8 of the Quran. And after that is Surah Tawbah, Surah 9. And you weren't aware of where you were in the Quran. And you woke up the next day and you were surprised after the dream of Surah Tawbah to find that Surah Tawbah is indeed one of the surahs that you are going to read, and that the first phase of gaining familiarity and intimacy with the Qur'an is first recognizing the major stops, or the way stations and major surahs and subheadings and structure of the Qur'an itself. The Sheikh commented on Surah At-Tawbah having no basmala, that it's the only surah of the Qur'an that does not begin with Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. And that in the practice of the Prophet ﷺ, he would typically read Surah Al-Anfal and then Surah Al-Tawbah. He would combine the two to the end of Surah Al-Tawbah. And in a sense, the two are joined together in this way. So you begin with the Basmala of Al-Anfal, the, the spoils it's called, and you don't finish until you end Surah Al-Tawbah. And thereby you, you bring together both surahs under the Basmala. And since the Prophet ﷺ typically did that, he encourages the fuqara to do so as well. And he emphasized, the Shaykh emphasized that Surah At-Tawbah is a repudiation or an acquittal uh, from polytheism and unbelief, God willing. And Tawbah needs no basmala. Rather, it, it requires certainty, an active affirmation of the truth. And it requires its reader to divest himself or herself of their own imperfections and vices and sins. And to be among those who turn to God in repentance with regret and with resolve to no longer commit any sin. And with the intention of putting right whatever they had wronged. Raddul Madhalim the three conditions of true repentance is regret, remorse, and ceasing to sin, no longer sinning. And of course, Raddul Madalim, if, if one has done any injustice or wrongdoing to someone, that they rectify that and return things to where they belong. And so the Sheikh said that when you see the surah of a tawbah in your dream, you should summon the strong intention and resolve to no longer sin. 
and to return whatever wrong you've wronged back to its place and to enter into istighfar, seeking God's forgiveness and not to be lax and relaxed in your life concerning proximity to God, not to be passive about the spiritual path and to actively seek proximity to the Lord. And when you stumble across Surah Tawbah in the Qur'an or see it in your dream, you're close to repentance and yet you don't realize it. The dream translates whatever is in your heart. The attachments of your heart to certain things are translated in the world of the dream in different forms. God describes to you what your heart is attached to in the dream, in this nocturnal state of sleeping. And this is one reason why a dream is part of prophethood or is part of prophecy because it, it informs you. Nubuwa is prophecy or that which gives an information. And so it, it informs you of your own state. And so your state was one of proximity to Tawbah. When you see Surah Tawbah or a verse of the Quran, at least this means that your heart is attached to the Quran. It's a fragrance or a spiritual breeze of goodness and it's a positive sign. It means that God wants what is good for you. But uh, when you read the Quran, you often read it in a forgetful state. As a heedless person, you pass by the signs and the verses without presence of heart. You're like a donkey carrying scrolls, as the Quran describes, reading without knowing what you're actually reciting. And Allah commands us to read and ascend. Iqra' wartaqi. It's a journey through the Quran horizontally and a vertical ascent through its meanings and verses with a taqa imaniya, a force of iman, of faith, and an ability to absorb intellectually the knowledge from the Qur'an in a manner that's built upon the revealed law, and to ascend thereby in higher and higher degrees through the divine word. And you do this until you read the last surah or the last verse of Surah Tawbah, لَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ The goal is to ascend in your recitation of God's word until your breath becomes that of the Prophet ﷺ and yours passes away in his. And this process of passing away or extinction in the Prophet ﷺ Annihilation in the Messenger begins with Tawbah. It begins with repentance. By entering into this acquittal, bara'a, or into this repudiation of anything that's contrary to repentance. This is the reality of Tawbah. And it leads to annihilation in the Prophet. Then the Shaykh gave personal account. And he said, this is the first surah that I read when I visited my shaykh. May God have mercy upon him. I opened the Qur'an with the intention of repenting to God. And I looked at the table of contents, the different surah titles, searching for an appropriate surah to read. I wasn't very familiar with the Qur'an. 
And because I was seeking repentance, when I opened the surahs, I I was drawn to Surah Tawbah. And when I read it, I didn't understand anything. My intellect, my understanding was very limited, even if I was reading through the Quranic text. And I read the whole surah from beginning to end. And it took a long time. And my recitation wasn't smooth. I didn't read the surah very well. I thought it would be a shorter surah. And I didn't realize it would cover an entire hizb of the Quran. Moreover, I couldn't read the Moroccan Kufi script very well. I found it challenging to read through. And it was the first surah that I really read. And through that surah, I entered the khalwa with my sheikh. And I recall reading the surah at tawbah before the subh prayer. And I prayed subh and then duha, the mid-morning prayer. Then I entered the khalwa. And this surah was a cause for me to enter the khalwa. And it occupies a very high place in my heart. A special place in my heart. And I was shocked. I recall being surprised to notice that there was no basmala at the beginning of Surah At-Tawbah. Truth is, we had never noticed it before. And we wondered about the reason for why there was no basmala. Surah At-Tawbah is a remarkable surah. And I pray that it is a an acquittal for you or a bara'a, a repudiation from any distance from God and that you attain God's forgiveness through it. The first verse reads, A repudiation from God and His Messenger to those idolaters with whom you made a treaty. It's an announcement of the annulment of a treaty between the Prophet ﷺ and the idolaters. Bara'a has a sense of being or becoming non-allied or innocent of or disassociated from something. So may this be your disassociation from all distance and idolatry and unbelief and sin. But in truth, this dream teaches you more than just attaching yourself to one surah because it's not about focusing on one surah and ignoring others. My heart is attached to the Qur'an and the Qur'an occupies a place in my heart. I will never abandon it. And that's because of one thing and I want to tell you about it. After I entered the retreat, the khalwa, I read the Qur'an and I persisted in it every day. But then... A period of time came in my life when I was unable to keep up my daily Quranic recitation, my juz, in order to complete the Quran every month. And nine days passed when I wasn't able to keep up my daily reading. I got lazy. I was doing suluk and I, I read the awrad. I, I, I did my litanies, but I skipped that entire juz for nine days. I would read Surah Yaseen and Waqiha and Fath and Mulk and Hadid and other surahs that you don't read probably, like Surah Al-Dukhan. But I just didn't do my juz. And one day I was invoking and I had this disclosure, I had a, a tajalli. I was still a murid and in this disclosure I see a skyscraper and there was an elevator inside it and it goes up and down to the top floor and back down and I had a room that I had rented or bought it was my home in that skyscraper 
and it was beyond the hundredth floor. So I had rented this room there, and at first I would access that room uh, through the elevator. And it was a wide elevator. Ten could go inside of it, and the building was very luxurious, beautiful reception. And there were 111 floors in this skyscraper. You had to go through 111 floors to get to the roof, to the top. And I was in the final room, and there was a terrace, and it was a, a beautiful apartment that I was in. And in this disclosure, I was, I had to go on a trip, I was traveling. So I descended from the 100th floor, where my home was, to the reception, and I took down my bags. But when I got to the reception, I realized that I had forgotten something. So I left my suitcase at the reception with the receptionist and I went up back up to get the other bag but I forgot the large elevator I, I found the large elevator that I go up and down was actually missing I couldn't find it anymore and the elevator that I, I was able to locate was too small and tight I couldn't fit inside of it it's as if I had to lose weight or go on a diet in order to fit in and I struggled repeatedly to enter the elevator, but I couldn't get inside until another person came who was actually going up. He was using the elevators and he presses the, the elevator and it takes him to the 20th floor. And so, because there were many elevators, I, I hopped in with him and I got off on the 20th floor, whichever floor it was, the 20th or the 11th. But from there, I had to take another elevator to get to my own room on the 100th floor. I get to my room, I take the bag that was missing that I had to take with me on the journey. But I suddenly recalled where I could find the elevator that I usually take to go down. It's as if the elevator had been misplaced. And so I press the button and the elevator comes and it's back to its normal condition. And I get inside, and there's a, a fine-looking Muslim with a beard and Muslim clothing on. But he had a yarmulke. And I wondered to myself, why does this beautiful Muslim man have a yarmulke on? And he, this man began to speak to me in the elevator about religion and how things are degenerating and how Islam is being lost and, and people are going astray. And... As we were going down, when we get to the floor, I, I felt like it was such a long journey with him. And I, I just wanted to part ways. I, I didn't want to spend time with, time with him. I did not enjoy being with him. I didn't like hearing him. And he was admonishing me and telling me about Islam and the deen and everything. So I leave him on the floor and we part ways. And at that point, I, have, I hear a voice that says, The one who doesn't finish his Quranic weird, his daily... Quranic recitation is like this person who assumes two different forms, has an outward, partly Muslim appearance, and yet has this yarmulke on, is not fully assimilated into Islam. There's a deficiency in his faith. And from that day on, I never abandoned my daily juzah. And I understood that the 111 floors of the skyscraper are the surahs of the Quran. There's actually 111 surahs, not 114. 
according to Ibn Abbas, the Fatiha, uh, Falak, and Nas, the two Mu'awidatan, are actually not part of the Quran per se. The point is, you can't ascend in Quran and journey except with constancy and daily perseverance. And if you abandon it, if you neglect it, then you forget where you came from and where you're going to. And the Quran invites you to read it and to ascend through it. We send through the 111 surahs or the 111 floors of the Quran. And you can't enter your home or leave it and flow through this smoothly except with constancy. And I recall being so shocked that I couldn't find the elevator. And I recall how challenging it was to try to enter into that elevator that was too small and that kept kicking me out as if my body needed to shrink. And I recall turning to this other brother for help who helped me ascend, but only part of the way. When a murid abandons the Quran, he understands nothing. He doesn't gain divine knowledge. And at first, you read through the juz, one thirtieth of the Quran, even without understanding it, you just keep moving through the surahs, journeying through the Quran, and back and forth, up and down. And the first thing you begin to recall are the way stations, the stations of the Quran. Like in your case where you had entered into Surah Tawbah, because he's not yet fully familiar with the different stations of the Quran. And even if you don't know the entire trajectory or the, the entire map and layout and journey of the Quran, you won't get lost in in it once you have familiarity with it. It's impossible to, to get lost in your own street, in your own neighborhood. And the murid has to force himself or herself to read one juz per day. That is two hizbs, it's 20 pages. And when you complete the lunar cycle, the manzila qamariya, the, the way stations, the mansions of the moon, you should have ascended to the top of the skyscraper, of the, of the tower and down. You renew your relationship with the Quran and God gives you an opening and through God's grace you grasp the meaning of what you're reading and studying in the Quran. And it's through this that you establish a deep and genuine relationship with the Divine Word. And of course it's hard to grasp everything and it's impossible to understand everything in the entire Quran. But at least if you are constant, at least you will have your friends, you will keep your bags, your brethren, what you need. You'll have your dwelling place, you'll have a place of rest. And I pray that you be among those who read and ponder the Quran and its meanings. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad. Kama sallayta ala Sayyidina Ibrahim wa ala ali Sayyidina Ibrahim. Wa barik ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad. كما باركت على سيدنا إبراهيم وعلى آل سيدنا إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد